welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org. I'm going to invite John to come and speak. Now, this is John, who is wife Joe. They lead Buxton, and it's great to have him with us. And uh, we just want him to come and speak the word of God to us. So let's just pray for him, shall we? Lord, we thank you for John. Thank you for our time together here. We pray now, Lord, that uh, through John you'll speak to our hearts. Pray, give us ears to hear, hearts to receive this morning, what John has, what you've prepared, Lord, in him for us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Amen. let's welcome him, shall we? Let's give him a round of applause. Oh, I'm on. Good. Thank you. Sort of want to say thank you, one and all. It's uh, such a warm welcome. So, so exciting, actually, for, for us Buxton folk to, to come out of Buxton. It takes a lot to get us out. You know, it's such an amazing place. It takes a lot to get us out. But I think we've got quite a good showing here today. So well done for coming over. And hopefully we haven't filled up your car park too much. Like uh, so... Um, First of all, I thought I would just... Uh, it's, it's Matt, isn't it? Is it Matt? You'd prefer Zed. Okay, Zed. Have, uh, have we got something coming up? I just thought I'd introduce uh, myself and Joe, my wife, um, who's... She's on the... Oh, right, there, there's... Oh, that's a bit big. Sorry, Joe, you might... <laughs> didn't realise. Uh, uh, I'm sure they can zoom it out or in a little bit. Uh, so, myself and Joe, uh, we've got three kids, one of whom is here this morning, out, out there. She's our five-year-old Zoe, and then we've got a 16, nearly 17-year-old Hannah and a 14-year-old Isaac. Um, and they go along to our youth, thank you Chaz and Bindi, and that's their church, so that's, that's where they go. Now, I sort of need to apologise for, for the fact that Joe and I, we're what you up here may call softy southerners. Okay, so, so we, we have a different language, which hopefully you'll see some up there. So we, we have correct pronunciation on a number of words. Uh, hopefully some more will, will come up, will they? they? They should do anyway. So it's just a little, little bit of sort of education anyway. Um, so... So if, if you don't understand me at any point, it's pro- you probably just need to refer to, to that there. Have we got anybody here who remembers the original Opportunity Knocks? Now, okay, there's a few hands that went up. When do you think the original Opportunity Knocks was? You put your hand up. Well, what a decade? 70s? Any other 60s? Anyone else? It was actually the 40s. Can you believe it? Yeah. Anybody remember it from the 40s? No, you probably don't want to put your hand up if you do. Um, Now, I saw an 80s revival of that with Bob Monkhouse. Um, You know, Bob says, opportunity knocks. I I don't know who remembers that. Um, they used to have 
Uh, this dates it, doesn't it? They used to have, I think it was one of the first programs to have the clapometer. Do you remember the clapometer? I always used to think it was just a fix, a complete and utter fix, and maybe it was, I don't know. But yeah, they had that. And instead of having phone votes, which we have now, they had postal votes. For, by, the, by the way, those of you who've got no idea what Opportunity Knox is all about, it's sort of like a, an old-fashioned version of X Factor. Okay, it was, it was, you know, people standing up singing and telling jokes and whatever and trying to actually demonstrate their talent. Uh, and then you would vote. Uh, and, yeah, I don't think we could stand in our modern society that wants everything now, right now, postal votes having to wait a week to find out who had won. So, why am I telling you that? Because I think what I want to talk to us about this morning, and I'm actually, I'm really excited, and excited about the words that have been shared this morning, and what God may do here with us this morning. I want to talk about what happens when opportunity knocks on our door, when his opportunity knocks, and how available we are to actually respond, how alert we are to actually be listening. And I'm afraid I've got to the, I got to the age quite a while ago, where if I want to see my notes, I've got to wear these. So, yeah, what is our readiness to drop everything, to forget about our diaries and everything we've got in our diaries and respond to his invitation to follow? What are the excuses we give as to why we can't? Not right now, not here. Because I believe that there's a lot of us here today who are actually missing out that we're going through our lives oblivious sometimes to the invitations and opportunities that God is putting in front of us. Either that, or we're ignoring them. Maybe because we don't think God would use us or invite us to be a part of seeing his kingdom come. Because we know ourselves, don't we? We know, and, and you know, we know all of the thoughts that we have, all the things we say, all the things we don't do that we think, oh, I really should have done that. You know, if I was a better Christian, I'd be more like, you know, one of the elders down here. You know, we hold these people up and put them sort of on these spiritual pedestals. But I think today, what I've been sensing, just as I've been... I've actually been sitting, not joining in worship, trying to save my voice because it's not particularly strong. What I've been sensing is that he wants to empower us, not just the leaders, but everyone here. So I want us to try and put aside those thoughts that we're not good enough, we're not qualified enough, we're not holy enough, we're not spiritual enough. And to help us to do this, I want to look at a couple of examples from the Bible. People who were invited by God to join him on mission. And I'm also going to 
just mix in, just weave in some personal examples from Joe's and my life and where we have received opportunities from God, invitations from God to join him. So I want to start by looking at Moses. Okay, we've already mentioned him this morning, uh, mentioned uh, about him sort of having his arms held up on that, but I want to go back a bit. We probably all know the story of Moses, but I don't want to assume that. So just to to give you a little bit of a background, he was born an Israelite when the Israelites were captive in Egypt uh, and when Pharaoh had sort of said, you know, that baby boys needed to be killed because he didn't want the Israelite nation growing and getting stronger. So uh, his mum put him on that little boat trip, didn't she, um, when he was a baby and he got fished out of the water by Pharaoh's daughter, brought up in the palace as an Egyptian. Then when he's a grown-up, he sees an Egyptian assaulting or abusing an Israelite, and he kills the Egyptian, runs away, um, becomes a shepherd, uh, and gets married. And I think that's probably about, that that hopefully brings you up to speed with, with him. And it's, it's at this point when he's shepherding the flock that he has probably the most famous encounter with, with God in the Old Testament, really, the burning bush. And during that encounter, God told Moses he'd seen the suffering of his people in Egypt and he'd heard their cry. And this isn't the point, any of the point that I'm making through this talk, but I just want to say, those of us here who feel like we are suffering and like we have been crying out to God and that he's silent, he does hear our cry. He does see our suffering and he does have a way out. And I just want to share that to, to just feel I need to encourage some people here. And God said to Moses, hopefully it will come up there, Zeb. So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. There was the invitation, clear as day. Moses could be in absolutely no doubt that he was conversing with the living God and that God had a job for him to do. That was his invitation, his opportunity. Now, just put Moses to one side for a moment. just want to talk about Joe and I a little. We met, you know, typical sort of Hollywood thing, eyes across a room, you know, instantly attracted to each other, drawn to one another. Actually, it wasn't at all like that. Um, uh, What actually first attracted Joe and I to one another, we were both involved in youth work. Joe uh, was employed and I was doing it voluntarily and we happened to be having a lunch together where we were chatting about plans for for the youth in the town that we were both living in. Woking in Surrey. Thank you. Um, And... During that lunch, we both realised that each of us had a desire to serve God overseas, a willingness to serve God overseas, something deep inside. And 
that was actually what attracted us to each other. We had no training, no experience. As I said, Joe was in, in youth work. I was in IT. But we had a deep desire. And the funny thing about God is that he often seems to use those things that are deep inside us, those things that we really care about, that actually we can get angry about as well, the things that really get us emotionally caught up. He uses those things to accomplish his purposes. It's almost as if he has a plan, and maybe he put them there. Now, fortunately, we did actually realise we were both stunningly attractive back then. Um, and irresistible to each other. And we... Uh, we <laughs> what did we do? We bought a house, we got married, and we settled down to life in sunny suburban Woking. Except, no, we didn't. Not really the settling down part. We still had this desire. What had originally brought us together was still there. And through a peculiar, strange set of circumstances, God incidences, some people call them, we were able to explore that. And that exploration led to us receiving an invitation from God to go and serve him in Kenya. Have we got another slide? Sorry, yeah, uh, that's the sort of house that we lived in. Oh, no, no, back to the house. That's, that, that's where we sort of settled down. We only actually lived there for, oh, I don't know, a few months, six months or something, I think, before actually our journey to Kenya began. So, coming back to Moses, how did he respond? Did he say, yeah, great, I've got an opportunity? No, he didn't. He came up with a long list of excuses and questions. He questioned why God had picked him, if people would believe he'd been sent by God, whether people would believe him or listen to him, because who was he? The fact that he wasn't eloquent, he couldn't speak well. And finally, after God had actually responded to every single point that he came back at him with, he said, oh, please send someone else. And at that point, uh, and if you want to read it, it's all Exodus 4, I think we're on by then, um, God got angry with him and <laughs> basically said, I'm sending you, sort of whether you like it or not, but I'll send you with Aaron to sort of overcome these perceived weaknesses that you think you have. Now, Joe and I had reasons not to be available too. Soon after we got married, we had the uncertainty of a redundancy for me in my IT work. I was uh, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. If any of you know about it, relapsing remitting, not particularly nice version of multiple sclerosis. We had a young baby. We'd just bought a house. We were inexperienced. You know, with the house, we had this massive mortgage that my IT salary was going to pay for, but I'd just been made redundant. And, and we had lots of reasons why we could have tried to wriggle out of it like Moses did. It made no worldly sense to say yes. I was sick. We had a baby. 
even our families, our Christian friends, they were all questioning and saying, you know, really? Is God really asking you to do this? But before God, we had peace. We had peace. We knew that this was an invitation from him. And that he wasn't going to leave us in the lurch. If he was giving us this opportunity, he was actually going to go with us every step of the way and equip us with everything that we would need along that way. And it ended up being 12 years serving him in Kenya, working in what is now one of our favourite places on earth, the Kibera Slum in Nairobi. Hopefully there's a picture of some kids going to pop up there. Some of our favourite people. Now we didn't go in our strength. As I've already said, we weren't experienced. We had no training for this. You know, IT, working out how to write computer programmes, does not equip you for going and sitting in the dirt in a slum playing marbles with kids. Or as we started with a big pot of porridge and feeding kids. We were not trained. And so, so often I think that stops us actually responding because we think, oh no, like Moses, you know, why, why me? They're not going to believe me. We didn't feel worthy to be chosen. We know our faults and weaknesses all too well. But as I said, we had peace. I want to look at some others who were invited to respond. In Matthew chapter 4, we read, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately... They left the boat and their father and followed him. At once. Immediately. It's the picture of availability. There was no hesitation. There was no second thought. Not even a backward glance. So compelling was the invitation that they had. But were they qualified? What was their skill set? Their experience, they, they were fishermen. They knew about boats, the weather, sailing, fish. That didn't matter. It didn't matter at all that they weren't qualified. They were available. When Jesus said, come, They responded. And 
I just want to say this morning, that is all God desires of us. Just think about that. That's all God desires. That's all he needs. That's all he wants. It's for us to be available. To not be so wrapped up in our worlds that we can't see the kingdom. Now we may feel that we are not worthy. Look at Moses, look at his list of excuses. Look at his history, he was a murderer. He was a wanted man in the nation God was sending him to. It was a bit crazy in the world's eyes, but he was God's chosen instrument to free the Israelites from slavery. And all God needed was for him to be available. All God needed for his disciples was their availability. All God needed for Joe and I to to go and fulfill his kingdom in Kibera was our availability. That's all he needs from us. Today, here and now, is actually to say, yeah, I am available. See, when God presents an opportunity to us, we will not feel worthy because actually we're not really. Are we? Any of us? There'll be a whole host of excuses why it doesn't make sense. And we can choose whether we ignore him, we can choose to say no, or we can say, here I am. Here I am. Use me. And I believe that when we say that and keep saying that to every invitation that comes from him, can we have the final slide, please? He will take us on such an exciting kingdom-building adventure that we will wonder why we didn't say yes sooner. Yeah, look at those kids. What a privilege Joe and I had. Twelve years. Because we said yes. We said, yeah, we're available. And he used everything that he had already put inside us. And that's what he wants for each of us this morning. And I I really feel that this morning is... A time of empowerment and anointing of us here to actually be a part of his kingdom coming in the peaks. I think it is significant that, yeah, we're together for the first time for, I, I, yeah, years. And you know, I, I know that God loves it when actually we are together. 
So I want to have an opportunity now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray. And I just want us to be open to the Holy Spirit and to have an opportunity to respond. So would you, would you close your eyes? And just, just sit in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Joe, do you want to come up? Can I put on that mic, Phil? Does it work? Just as, as I have been sitting here this morning, I've been wondering whether there are people here who have actually, who, who realize that they haven't been available. And I, I need to say to you, God doesn't condemn you He understands. And it's not too late. It's never too late to to say, yes, I am here for you. To set aside our diaries, our plans, our schedules, And just to say, I am here for you. And I think there are some here that God really wants to say to you, are you available? I have things for you to do. I will equip you. I will go with you. I even think that there are people who have sort of operated in the shadow of others and who this morning God wants to sort of shine a light on you and say, would you step out of that shadow? And that takes courage because there's safety in the shadow. But I think I, 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 I want to say if, if that's you, if you have been up till now living in a shadow of somebody else and God is speaking to you this morning would you, would you come forwards and let us pray for you as you step out from that shadow
And as you say, yes, God, I am available. And I also want to speak to anybody who feels that they've been disqualified, maybe even from their childhood. Maybe you've been told, this isn't for you. Or um, when, when somebody speaks out words like this, it's for everybody else in the room, but not for you, or you can't. Um, maybe you have a condition. It could be a physical condition or a different condition. And you have owned it and you've had it spoken over you and you've spoken it over yourself and it has it has said yes that's a, that's a, what's being said is applicable to everyone in the room except for me lord and we know that don't we uh like you've got some sort of agreement with him and i want to say that isn't what he has for you and you don't have to take the words that anyone has spoken over you whatsoever because the only word that carries any authority over your life is the word that comes from the lord and it doesn't return void so if you've had that, you've had somebody, I don't know, it could have been a parent, it could have been somebody in the workplace always saying, yeah, not you, or no, that one's not for you. And you've never really stood up and said, yes, but it can be me because I'm a daughter of God, I am a son of God. And he also has a place and a plan for me and his kingdom. Don't be intimidated by what you think it might be. Just because John and I ended up going to Kenya, I can tell you that I'm the least likely person to have ever gone overseas um don't suddenly think that if you stand up and respond that he's going to send you overseas be be reassured he might but you know he might not because all he needs is your availability your heart turned towards him and faith the size of a mustard seed i can't even make the hole in my finger small enough for the faith he needs that's all he needs but sometimes we've held back and, and not given him even that have we So if you're ready to be part of his kingdom adventure and to say, yes, I'm in. I'm not just going to let my leaders do it. I'm not just going to passively observe. I'm going to be in because I want to be part of this. Lord, I want you to use me. Then don't let any word that's been spoken over you by anybody who is not the Lord, don't let it hold you back. See, I believe that God's got a great plan for the peaks. And that we will see his kingdom come in the Peak District. But he wants us. He wants to use each and every single one of us in this room to accomplish his purposes. And yes, there will be moments when it's scary and when it doesn't make sense. But it will be so exciting if you say yes. And if you say, yeah, I will be available. And I I was thinking, should I go on to then say, okay, once we've said we are available... How do we hear what the opportunities are? But do you know, God has a very good way of speaking to each one of us in a way that each of us can understand that it's him. You've only got to look at the Bible to see the variety of ways that God speaks to people. All he wants this morning is for us to if you like, get on our knees and say, (coughs) excuse me, I am available, God. He'll do the rest.
He really will do the rest. All he wants is our willingness. Yeah, can we have a little bit of music? Just sort of. If there, I don't know what you've got available, but if the worship band could play something quiety in the background. Um, if, if you feel that's you, I really do feel, we always get uncomfortable at this in churches, but I feel when the Lord puts his finger on you, sometimes you have to make a physical response to say yes. We all want to sit in our chairs and nod our heads sort of inwardly, particularly being Brits. But sometimes you have to, you have to stand or you have to raise your hand or you have to come down and, and be prayed for and say, yes, I, I really need to respond to this and not just ignore the opportunity. I actually want to encourage people. I, there's not a vast amount of room at the front here, um, but I'm sure we can fit as many as will. But encourage people who want to respond just to come and kneel at the front. And just by doing that, use that physical movement just to be saying to God, I am available. So yeah, let's pray. So God, we thank you. We thank you that you do choose to use us. We thank you that the Bible is full of examples of people who were just people with all their faults and failings whether they were murderers or adulterers or disobedient to you or what they may have been, you still chose to use them and you want to use us today. I pray, Holy Spirit, you convict us. You convict us to say yes. that you give us dreams and visions and excitement about what your kingdom coming in the peaks is going to look like. And that we would be excited to be a part of that. Help us to realize that we don't have to be qualified in any way apart from our availability to you. That if you took uneducated fishermen from their boats and built your church upon them, so you can take all of us in this room and build your church in the peaks on us with you as the cornerstone. So just don't feel you have to join in with the worship, just be in God's presence. And if you want to respond, just come and kneel. And I'm sure some people will just sort of bless what God is doing.